Alright everyone, here we are back in the onsen. My name is Mazo. I'm joined today with our host Nexus. Hello. Yo. And special guest NBT. Yo, 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 yo. I'm yo. feeling this intro for this. Oh, okay. Is that what he normally does? Um, yeah, it's like yo, yo, yo or something like that. I don't know. I think he does like all sorts of different things, but I guess to you he's a one-trick pony, but that's okay. Okay, no, quite that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, I don't know he's... how to react to that. Okay. <laughs> he's not here this time but he will be remembered and he's in our thoughts and prayers and in our hearts but with that uh today we're tackling somewhat of an interesting topic kind of broad it's uh talking about uh when a band meets maturity so our different opinions on that but the first adulthood no 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 yeah uh, I don't really think of bands as like a growing single person, but okay, I guess with with. And yeah, if we're we talking can... some idol bands, you're definitely gonna have to consider adulthood. Oh yeah. So, well, they graduate and then they get new blood, so yeah, yep. the whole. Ah, they are too old now. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like twenty-five is too old, I think. Yeah, mm. Christmas cake. After 25, it's no good. My God. <laughs> My God. All right. Well, well with that done. one though. Uh, let, let's start with you, uh, Mr. Christmas Cake NBT. When when is a band at maturity? Mm, yeah, so there's a lot of aspect to it, but like a typical one that I would feel uh, is easily distinguishable is when like the sound of the band, like the raw sound. At least if we're gonna talk about bands, then the typical raw sound that they band had uh, at the initial stage it's kind of like getting smoother now and it's like turned into a really mm, like finely shaped diamond kind of like that you mean they they start sounding like they know what they are playing finally at last kind of but like it's also like it's not like it's not like the mix or like anything like that Uh, well that's part of it but the sound is getting so refined that it's kind of loses is it's like uniqueness in some ways anymore yeah like um because i'm a gazette fan i would i would typically like uh, refer back to their uh, earlier status where it's a lot more punk rock and it's a lot more lively and um, it's uh how do you say it's more organic but then their later releases is a lot more conceptual yeah yeah with gazette especially it's like super super apparent i mean can you give like specific examples like this song compared to this song kind of thing so gazette's album for example this uh shit i forgot the name what's it called this um disorder yeah, yeah, that w- that would Dis- be embarrassing. Something. I think it's okay. diss track. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, so the album Disorder is very like punk and rebellious, but yeah. that is completely gone from like the let's say dogma or something like that. Dogma is more like yeah, no, we're no, we're in like dressed in black and we're super uh, mysterious. Like it's. A- completely different right the vibe is completely different uh looking through their albums in order i kind of feel like the the raw sound with gazette specifically vanished pretty fast by dim it it was already gone well dim is kind of late anyway yeah but i mean if 
you have like this order and then you was uh, i forgot like yeah so around there you get to stack rubbish and that's kind of like somewhere like in between i would say i'm, no, I'm not quite sure where the concept she started but the music is more polished it's like more refined more polish but uh, <laughs> you guys seem to or nbt in particular maybe maybe nexus a little bit you seem to be focused on when the band starts developing concept albums which i never put two and two together with that because that does seem like a later in the journey kind of thing yeah like we did the yeah. regular thing now let's let's do concept albums where i would do yeah. ideas I mean, unless you're black metal or something, where every album's a concept album. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. I feel like after they did they did the concept album with Dogma, and then they just stopped doing that because like Ninth and Math are just albums to me. I don't know where the concept is. I don't know if you see it. I don't. With, with mass and with ninth, you have like um, you see you you see it quite uh, easily uh, if you look at their like uh, promotional stuff and their music videos that there is, is kind of like a, a common theme between them, but uh, I don't know exactly what the specific uh, concept is, but I think they also went back to basis with uh, uh, ninth at least. Uh, I'm not sure about the details on mass. What somehow watching the the single blinding hope video for mass just made me realize that i never quite made put it together that when it comes to music videos eruki seems a little obsessed with white girls have you noticed that there's always a white girl in the why, music why video. do you why do you mention Ruki? you have that in the whole vk industry well it's why are we saying it's the whole band it's not like he makes every single decision and has the final say in everything i'm sure uh, like uh, you know it's weighted okay yeah you're right for a while he probably did but okay because they are really obsessed with casting white girls in their videos it's okay, okay, so so let, let me bring up this example here. Golden Golden Bomber made a. Oh, you, you know you can't just say Golden Bomber. You oh, sorry. Do it the way so Golden Bomber. Thank you. Made a music video <laughs> that uh, was a parody of like all the old VK bands. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the one I'm talking about, right? Uh, so yeah, probably yeah. They they had like uh, some like actors like uh, just showing up like some some girls there, and typically it's a white girl, right? So they also used a white girl here for like their parody. So it's Actually, obvious that this is a reoccurring thing in the VK yeah. scene. Now that I'm thinking about like Backtake and other bands, I'm totally full of shit. They all do it. Yeah, all yeah. of them. So, since you mentioned it, I was talking to one of my friends pretty recently. And I, I don't know if with Gazette it was always, but he seemed to be saying that a lot of VK bands, when they've quote unquote made it, that's when they start to stop using Japanese women in their PVs and start using Western women. Uh, yeah, it's because the Japanese women are probably just their friends helping out. <laughs> and then they stop hiring people. <laughs> Now we can hire the white women. I, that's interesting if they're their friends because, like, I, I think of PVs like uh, Raison d'Etre and uh, uh, Nega's PV for Muddy Cult. And it's like, hey, uh, you mind getting naked on camera for me? Like, what kind of friendship is that? Uh, that's a <laughs> different level. Of but but I, I, I actually know a band. And I know, like, so so. There's one band I I can't say the name, 
but they hired uh, not they didn't hire they asked a friend if she wanted to appear in their music video mm -hmm. and she is white <laughs> so so they that's, specifically... that's a shortcut that's a shortcut to hiring the white models just be friends with one and just stick her in there that's true they yeah, made so they, it already they basically, they basically asked her uh, like a big part of the reason was because she was white so like... in japan your band has really not truly made it until you have <laughs> white girl pvs you, you can't you can fake it till you make it that's true too yeah, just put a blonde wig on a girl. <laughs> just, just, yeah, don't show the Dress face. up one of the members as, as they did in the grill days. When they point to one, the most feminine one, you're the girl now, and then he's the girl. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can never shake it. Okay. Um, okay. But there's uh, one recent band that actually featured a, a I don't know if it's okay to say black woman, like Afro-American. Whoa, whoa, man. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. Uh, but so Acme, uh, Acme uh, featured a black woman in their music video, and I think they said that they were like the first visual K band to do that. Uh, don't quote me. Can't think of any others. Yeah, I I don't know either. And, and other ones. Uh, that's uh yeah. I mean, I, I I can't think of one either. Like a lot of them have like really strong German themes, like especially from like the nineteen forties. So or or French. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Don't so. go to the German side, man. It's so, gonna get out of hand. Here's here's the thing, though. I know I know we're already uh, a little bit going a little bit away from that topic, but now I'm seriously wondering if you know how for a while every single visual K band had at least one crossdresser in it. Mm -hmm. I really wonder if, if they all had it just because one guy wanted to do that or because they felt like they had to. So they genuinely just picked one to do that because we need the, we need the girl one. Like, Isn't that typically the most... The progress. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's mostly because uh, that what person usually gets the most popular, right? Really? Besides the singer. I think in certain circles they do, but I not guess. in general. But yeah, but besides yeah, see, the singer, they do stand out a little bit more. That's 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 another thing. How we know a band has matured if the if the crossdresser was forced into it, he stops doing it. Le less thighs. Uh, from yeah, definitely members. less less thighs, more 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 pants. Yeah, <laughs> more pants. <laughs> Le I'm, less, less I'm definitely yeah. not specifi specifically referencing Uruha or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not thinking about Uruha. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking Forget about Uruha right now either. You know, but I, I feel like we traded Uruha's size for Aoi's bare chest. So, I mean, I can live with that. I can live with it. Oh, so, so is manliness a kind yeah. of thing that makes a band more mature. I, oh, I so when they change their it, look to look like a bunch of OG-san? It's, it's what they seem to think or what seems to happen. They just start... I guess they are older, so they start dressing older. Cause you, know, you know what I mean. I'm thinking like Kiryu. Like, those members are still pretty full-on VK. Like, they haven't yeah, changed true. much. They just uh, put on more makeup to hide it. Yeah, uh, their bassist. Uh, sorry, I forgot the name of the bassist, but he he used to look like a like a Lolita, like blonde hair uh, yeah. and like purple uh, highlights and stuff like that. But these days, he's more integrated to the like overall band concept and doesn't stand out as a girl anymore. 
the same thing even happened with Mana, you know, he looked, he used to like cross dress all the way into like a Lolita and now he just kind of does his thing. Wait, he's not like cross dressing these days? No, he just I mean, wears like leather pants and like Victorian yeah, shirts. Just, yeah, he just looks like an aristocrat, I guess. Yeah. Like it's not like full on fluffy Lolita dresses unless he's modeling them. Huh. Huh. I, never, I never really thought about that, but that's true. Every time I've seen him in re- recent history, he hasn't been, you know, all dolled up like a little fucking porcelain doll. It's okay. <laughs> it is a thing that happened. Huh. I do know, I, I can't, I, when it comes to the Lolita stuff, I can definitely relate to that because that shit is super uncomfortable comfortable to wear and once you can stop wearing it you do but you have to i mean you have to go through the pain so you can look pretty yeah uh-huh. i mean that's just how it is it's like yeah. a balance yeah he's, he's totally also, right also at a certain age it starts feeling a little bit too infantile speaking from experience wow uh, dude, <laughs> fucking harsh words yeah, I, I don't not, I just, not like not, it. Uh, not like not like when you're looking at somebody just like having it on feels that way. Like, no, what the I, fuck I, am I, I doing? I'm like thirty. You're, you're at a show <laughs> and you see you know somebody wearing a big puffy dress and you're like, what a fucking baby. No, like you live your best life. I don't know why you're wearing this because the hot is fucking here and you're probably dying. But like, kudos to your courage, I guess. Mentally stunted. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, I guess we kind of have an answer from NBT. It's when they lose their rawness and become I, bands I that thought, pump out concept albums. Or am I? I thought that you were wrong? gonna you were gonna say when they lose their virginity. I don't know why I thought that. Because all you <laughs> think about is my hero Aka Dick. So no. Look, you're thinking about it right now. I can tell. Well, because you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, well, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Get some help. Uh, But yeah, okay. So just to kind of conclude my thoughts, uh, like the the rawness and the concept album stuff. Like, I didn't actually think of the concept album stuff being a thing, but I guess that is also part of it. So I would say these are the most kind of like distinguishable stuff for me personally. But what about you guys? Well, I mean, uh, before I I like jump into my opinion or anything, I, I, I wanted to comment on that because it is really interesting. Because if you think about it, like a lot of bands, like it's like you know, a group of friends or people who happen to be into playing music thrown together for some reason or another. And they're just making music at first. But then later on, as they've gotten to know each other or been through stuff as a band or even as individuals away from the band, finally somebody's like, okay, time for the concept album. I have a story I want to tell. So help me tell this story, boys or girls or people. And I think that kind of makes a bit of sense that a concept album is a later in the career, mature band kind of thing. True, true. Like, it's not like, oh, you guys, like random guys here, let's make a concept album. It's not like that. Yeah, like, I can't think of, again, like I said, there are bands out there, but I can't think of any Japanese ones in particular where it's, like, the first release was, like, a legit concept album. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Because usually in the VK scene, you, like, debut with singles. You can't really stuff much of a concept into that, or, like, you can, but it's three songs. 
Yeah, and they would re-release it seventeen a, times. Yeah, they would typically have like a concept for the, uh, like the visual look itself, but yeah, not typically for the albums, right? Or the releases. Yeah, that's that's the thing too. The whole how you look every time it's a little different. I guess it counts as a concept. But I know when you mean like full-on concept album, we're all thinking of Dogma when like everything is within the concept for like a year. Not like, well, we got new outfits. That's the concept <laughs> for this month. We're all wearing white yeah. this time. Yeah, this time we're all doing white. Because <laughs> we're, that's, we're pure. That's actually, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's true, so it's funny. You know what, that's, that's like a very common concept in VK, the white one. Yeah, but like, to be fair, every time it happens, you're like, oh shit, like, they're wearing it's white. white <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I guess if it, I guess this proves that it works. Like I, 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 I remember like you know maybe in like 2010 or 11 or 12 when I was like at my peak of being into VK in particular when a band would like come out with their new look and it'd be like they were wearing white now and I'd be like I'd tell my friend I'd be like dude they're wearing white like what. Holy shit. <laughs> It's not black. <laughs> exactly. It's not there. They, they've ascended. <laughs> okay, imagine like willingly wearing white in a setting where you're about to get really sweaty. I would. Uh, well, oh. I mean, I from personal experience in Japan, they don't sweat as much as uh, Europeans tend to. Really? I always feel like at a concert, if you're in the front, there's like fucking sweat flying off them. Well, they got the fucking stage lights on them for one thing, and they're also yeah. jumping around and stuff. So I guess I guess that's valid because they're still wearing white up there, but yeah. Maybe that's why they only do it once. Here's here's a thing I'm thinking about. Since we initially focused so much on, on uh, dissecting the car- career of the Gazette... Now I'm thinking back to Deer and Grey, which, uh, who have a different pattern that I have also seen, not only just here, but it's the most prominent with them. And that is that at first they do like the crazy shit, then they want to expand out of Japan. So they try like super hard to prove themselves to be like normal and to appealing to normal metal fans. And then they eventually, when they when they have gone well past the maturity stage, they realize that they can fucking do whatever, and they start doing whatever. Uh, so I, I kind of disagree that... with the trying to sound or trying to be normal. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Sound maybe they weren't like particular. consciously trying to like fake it for the metalheads, but probably weren't. But like it was a thing that was clearly observable. They suddenly dropped all of the VK ship. For like I, yeah. three years, yeah, and they, then they, they suddenly got back stuff. into it. Just think of uh, Kyo when he like shaved his head. I mean, that and that doesn't tracks. happen in VK. Well, I think I think they stopped being VK VK long before that. But what I was gonna say was one of the things that that put them on everyone's radar much more than ever before was when they were in the Corn Family Values tour, and. You know, they're this band from Japan and they get up there and Kyo just starts beating the shit out of himself and there's blood everywhere. People who were at those shows had no idea what the hell was going on. They didn't know what to expect. I'm kind of happy he stopped doing that. That looked concerning. I mean, 
yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. I think, I think it, you know, obviously added something to see when you're there, but I, I think it also added to the sound in a way. Like he was legit screaming in pain a lot of times. <laughs> wait, wait, re- wait, was it real blood and shit? Yeah, yeah. He he used to like uh, tear into the inside of his cheek so he could spit blood. Yeah, I think what? there were talks about him uh, bringing like actual razor blades onto stage for. Oh god! Things. Oh lord! Oh no! I'm just thinking, yeah. like, how do you do that for every show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it, it, that, that's why, in a lot of ways, it's good that he doesn't do it anymore. In more ways, it's better that he doesn't. Then there are ways, like, like, oh, I kind of miss it. Like, it, it, he he bled for his his art. Like, no joke. You will genuinely miss somebody hurting themselves on stage on purpose. It's the art. You're fucked up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't even know. But uh, you, you know. Uh, in the past, like I think during their VK era, there are times where like you, there's footage of him like backstage, like all, not downing, but like holding in his mouth like a, a full little cup of 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 red whatever, and then coming out on stage and just yeah, yeah. all over the audience. But that that was like prepped when he's like you know eight songs in and then punches himself like five times and then starts spitting up blood. That's a little different. Yeah. yeah and then like uh he, he like i said with the razor blades like the the, the ones the yeah. external ones I, I don't know how you would fake those ones um so going back a bit about what <laughs> nixa said about the band like jumping through the kind of like the different um audiences that they were targeting so you mentioned that now they're in a stage when they just do whatever they want so is this kind of like the Deering Grey that we have today? Is that like the true Deering Grey? I think yeah, in I some ways, like personally, I think in some ways they are at a stage where they're established, they've matured, they know what they want to do, even though every album is still so different from the last, but they are comfortable with doing whatever they want to do. They're not chasing the dragon anymore. They're just doing what they want. So they're not being over the top trying to get attention it's just that's what they feel at the moment that's just what i see from the outside though yeah it's like it's like the opposite of the high concept album and the the super super polished look of what you would have for like as i if you if you see that you have like five members and they all kind of start looking different because like a deep I don't know how to word it, but like uh, subscribing to different styles because each one of them is just doing their whatever because they're like super over the over the whole oh, getting it. The VK face. Yeah, <laughs> over over whatever. It's just like you know, die with his hair and Kyo with his conceptual androgynous looks, and then there's on the, on the other side you have Toshia and Skirt and Kaoru is just doing his thing. Shinya is. I don't know what Shin is doing. His thing. <laughs> His thing, yeah. Fishing. I mean, if I mean, if you're looking, uh, if you look at Shinya's uh, solo stuff, it's like how it is called. It's, it's like heavenly. It's like godly. It's uh, yeah. it's angel like. I'm the purest thing alive. That makes sense. I mean, that's that's Shinya. You know, he's the, yeah. he's always been a little ethereal, <laughs> like kind of. 
kind of like a changeling. You're don't you're not quite sure if he's human. I mean, I will say like a lot of times I've told people like if you go and see them live, if you can get a good enough view of Shinya, it's very interesting to watch him mm. compared to the other members. Because it's like he's in his own realm. Yeah, he's there. he's not even present. He could yeah. be anywhere. Like he's he's it's just real different. Like when they have uh shows where like the cameras are rotating around or whatever, or if they even have ones where you can watch a whole song from his angle, it's it's interesting to see how different things are for him compared to everyone else. I guess he would, you would be a little detached if you were sitting literally behind the fortress of drums. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're, basically they're... separated from everyone. Is is that is that another thing that determines when you've matured how big your drum kit is? Oh, uh, uh. I don't know. I, th- I think that's, that's the drummer's personal preference. Honestly, she no, is the only one who I can no, think of actually... who literally has a fortress of drums. The thing is, with uh, when you have a big drum set, it could also mean that you have a lot of variety in your songs. Yeah. Uh, but but a lot of, like, I'm not going to say specific drummer because I'm going to get shit for that, but there are some drummers who just put a lot of stuff there. They don't use the shit. They just have it as decoration. Um, oh, so it's, it's like a tick comparing contest, except it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's completely useless, and... and I personally see through those people uh, because uh, I personally play drums. So for me, it's obvious. But like with uh, Shinya, I think he's uh, it's because he has so many like kind of uh, tools that he uses for his different songs that he needs those uh, different like toms and like whatever that he puts around himself. Specifically, one of my friends commented on the toms when I was showing him a video back in the day of Deron Gray playing live. He's like, Jesus, that guy has so many toms. Yeah, <laughs> but like I wouldn't say the drums are a indication, like the, the, the size of the drum set is an indication of the maturity of the band. Uh, because I see like bands like uh, Crossfaith, uh, I mean, they on stage... Their, their drum set isn't that big, but there's so much variety uh, still, regardless if the drum set is small or not, because they... Uh, no, I'm laughing because it's like, size does not matter, it's what do, it, what do you do with it? <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's just funny to apply it to drums. Sorry, and what you were saying? Yeah, so with Crossfade, yeah, you have like their drummer, uh, Tatsuya Amano, like, this guy is a fucking like drum god and his drum set isn't that big like compared to some other drummers like Shinya. Uh, I'm not shitting on Shinya because he's uh, he's utilizing it really well but with Tatsuya he with his small drum set like he's able to do so much variety of stuff because he's so damn skilled that he can make so much like unique combos and like drum fills with uh, his drum set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I, like, like we said that the, the the size of the drum set does not the band doesn't make. matter. Yeah. So I, 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 it was, it was just a little, little, you know, side note on there, you know, about you know a band reaching maturity in a sense. But I, I mean, I guess like if if they reach a level of success, they're able to afford better and more equipment. So that's when you might see somebody adding more toms or you know another hi hat or 
like 19 more snares or being suspended upside down and doing a drum solo at a festival or something. <laughs> True. Yeah, so, oh, well, uh, since 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 we've kind of uh, gotten to this point and I haven't really uh, said my my perspective of it, so I think it was interesting, NBT, that you kind of talked about going from, like, punk rock rebellion to concept album. And I, I kind of agree with that in a lot of ways. Not necessarily going into concept albums, but the way I look at it, my, my template is, is Deer on Grey, where I don't, I don't feel like they went necessarily into concept albums. Like, I, they did in some ways and they didn't in others. It depends on how you want to look at it. But everything is experimental. So up until a certain point, they were very much a Visual K band and they were putting out Visual K music. Then they kind of slid into the same kind of sound that a lot of Western bands had at a time. Not necessarily screamo, but like kind of a harder rock sound. Not, I mean, yeah, metal, but its own kind of genre. I'm not sure what the term for it would be. But then I, now, I wouldn't say it was generic, at least. Mm, yeah, yeah, in a way, in a way, generic. But now well, everything I, I, is just... I said it. I said that it wasn't generic. Oh, okay, like... then not. But I mean, it sounded a lot like a lot of other bands, but they had their own spice to it that nobody else could have sounded like them. That's that's just how it is. It's just the the core of it was what everyone was doing, but all the embellishments around it were their own thing that nobody else could ever replicate, even if they tried their hardest. But from there, I think everything became experimental albums. Everything was a completely different sound. There was a certain point in their career in particular where no two albums ever sounded the same again. Do you think that uh, it's a good way for the band to kind of continue? I think it is. I think I think it prevents them from getting bored with, you know, putting out the same thing over and over again. Like, you may lose some fans along the way. Like, there are people who are like, why can't Deron Gray just, just be Vivian K again? And, <laughs> I mean, and there's that's the other fans that are like, why can't you just, like, go away and, and let them do their own <laughs> thing? Because it's really interesting to see what the next thing will be with them. Like, personally, I haven't liked the last, like, two or three singles that much but i'm still really interested to see what the album at the end of this little journey is going to be but that's kind of what i'm afraid of like with some bands that uh if they experiment too much like you're you as a fan <laughs> will have a hard time appreciating it like even if you try because it's your favorite band or something like that i think but you know go on yes yeah, okay so i had cases with for me at least like the band say uh, sadi or like sadie or yeah i'm not sure how that one's pronounced i think i think it's, you're right it's, with the first it's, it's sadi but yeah, like i, I, I guess some american forever uh but yeah so that band basically in my opinion sounded <laughs> kind of like exactly the same from start to finish so for me i was like oh that's really nice because i really like this band sound but after a while, it was really boring to get the same kind of sound because they were so safe with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That I feel like that is the danger of always having the same kind of sound. While there is the danger to constantly experimenting, it is, it is a fast track to growth. 
and it is something that I mean, I would like to say it's something that you can only do consistently when you've when you've made it as a band cuz clearly Dear on Grey has made it. Clearly Gazette has made it. Like the difference between as as we keep talking about dogma and I don't know uh, division, it it's a huge difference. It, they're totally different sounds. But being able to do that is 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 really interesting and it's a way to bring in new eyes and i'm sorry new ears <laughs> but also eyes think thinking about again going back to dear on gray and like a band experimenting i think it also really depends on people's individual levels of fandom like it's true that bands will always not always but there are going to be cases out there where a band is going to put out an album that just is not something the core fan base is going to like. But depending on your level of fandom, like there were people around who legit loved Kai. Well, I, I didn't particularly listen to that album, so I don't really care. Yeah, yeah see, you don't really care. But there are people who love that album. And and that doesn't sound like anything else Dear on Grey has ever done. That's That's kind of the point. And there are people who loved that album at some point and have probably moved on to k-pop or something now i don't know not to this k-pop but like it was it was that was their fandom at that time so they loved whatever it was that was out at that time but can you can can you kind of like explain why that one was so different because uh, i don't really have an idea why it was well kai was just an album of remixes it was more electronic music than rock or metal or anything else they've ever done i mean sit down and turn it on and then turn it off after the first song once you get the point because you probably won't like it like there's songs on there that i like but it's definitely not anything like any of the other albums which you could say that with any of their albums in a lot of ways but this one's very very different okay okay so for me i would say a band has reached their maturity once they're able to spread their wings and experiment and do whatever sound they're feeling like at the exact moment and know that they're going to be able to put out another album doing the exact same thing where they're experimenting however they feel like and still be okay I feel like the things that you just mentioned uh, is kind of like the opposite of my take on it. Not to say that any of it is, is wrong, yeah. but it's interesting that uh, like if we're going to compare, like that Deer and Grey is going kind of like backwards. They're being more experimental or, or raw mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, so that's very interesting. Yeah, I like like I can... I. Talking about these two bands in particular, Gazette and Dirangre, Gazette has really like refined and sharpened and and they continue to grow with the particular sound that they're using right now. To I can't remember the name of the newest album, but to say it's not an evolution of dogma, I think is is to not really understand the commonalities between them with their sound. But while well, you have one band that's honing and honing their blade you have another band that instead is just acquiring more and more weapons in a sense <laughs> they're 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 just doing different things constantly so as you put it it's kind of a loss of the punk rebellious style for someone like gazette and for dear on gray it's just 
taking on different forms, experimenting, growing, looking for something else, whatever is going to be new for them and just continuing to just change and change and change and put out new and interesting things. It, they've, they've kept their rebellion in some way in that regard, but it, it's, it's changed. I wonder if they'll like reach one point when we'll, uh, when they're like really comfortable with their sound. Deer on Grey or Gazette? Uh, Deer on Grey. So like right now they're, as you mentioned, um, they're basically expanding their arsenal of sound and mm -hmm. like teaching themselves about this stuff that they haven't uh, touched on yet. So once they, like, I don't think it's possible to kind of like um, learn everything, but like once they feel like they reached their own kind of mature way of maturity, I wonder if they will kind of like stick to one sound in the end. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll never know because I mean, we'll know if the band ever disbands or halts activities or does the infamous uh, indefinite hiatus. But in, in, until God forbid something like that happens, we're always going to be waiting for whatever the next big thing is going to be. I kind of think back of um, Girugamesh. Okay, no one's going to do the meme. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Girugamesh. I, I, was, I was thinking it. Honestly, I was. I was like, Let him finish. Let him finish. Don't do the meme. I guess you guys reached maturity. I'm not doing memes. But um, so Girugamesh kind of like, um, they were very experimental uh, in one phase when they started uh, putting in like electronic sound. Uh, I mean, eventually they had problems with finding their distinct sound, which is kind of what put them on like indefinite hiatus. Uh, for a certain period, uh, Wait, they, they are actually on indefinite hiatus. So no, 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 no. So, so okay. that that happened already. And you, then you're talking about came... pre-Chimera. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so pre-gravitation. Uh, so that so gravitation, gra yeah, gravitation and and, and uh, Chimera was like the two last EPs before they disbanded. So they returned with those two EPs and I personally think is when their sound solid uh, like solidified but for some reason well as we kind of already know uh, through all the stuff that they um, talked about online uh, they broke up so I hope that's not going to be a thing with the Duran Gray. It's really interesting to think of it that way because in, in, in some ways there are bands out there that experiment, experiment, experiment and try all these different things and then like they'll release one or two things in a row that have a particular sound and it's like that's – that's it's nice that they, they've made this sound. That's very them and then they're like and we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we did all that we wanted to do. And we we finally got – yeah, we, we did everything we wanted to do. We finally got to that point. That, that you agree with us is great. And we're not going to fuck it up. So we're just going to go away now. Yeah, well, I we mean, peaked. they, they ended yeah, at the let's, high... Let's pack it up. Yeah, so, so. 
Carlos I, I, mean, I don't see that me. happening with Dear Andre. Honestly, I don't see them like I, you know this next album sounds exactly like. But you uh, didn't World see that with Yuga Machida, yeah. dude. I did. They were like because they. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and be like I'm the prophet. I see everything. But like I feel like I felt like they were personally. I felt like they were kind of falling off after music. I I think music was such a good album and was when they reached somewhat of a peak and then everything after music for me was progressively less interesting and i didn't even know they had done an indefinite hiatus before uh gravitation and chimera i was just like oh they're back these are okay but i don't know i think i think you didn't have this same kind of insight that i personally think i had like mm-hmm. i because i was following the band constantly uh, like waiting for them to get back on on their feet again, um, just refreshing their and, MySpace. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> MySpace. Okay, <laughs> but like the the thing is, uh, I was like sitting through and like I I was struggling with listening listening to their music. I was like really trying to get into it. So when they eventually came back after the hiatus. I was mind blown like how good the album was and I think a lot of people were too because uh, we wrote about it and we had a lot of people reacting to it the same way as I did. So when that happened like and like after two EPs and they announced their disbandment like for us like the people who really got into Girugamesh again it was devastating because it was a complete surprise they were they were stopping when they reached another peak again so that yeah. was why it was so surprising yeah it hurt hurt i mean i i, I see that i i yeah. like i said before i personally wasn't as invested at that point because it's like i said music was the peak for me for me it was music and everything behind it was great but then they started kind of working on this particular sound and working toward it and it all culminated into gravitation and chimera and those just weren't you know they didn't get me there actually for me music was like the start of their downfall in my opinion see that's, that's really interesting that i don't really like totally music. opposite yeah <laughs> uh, because that was when uh, uh, i like 90 percent sure that it was uh, rio who started in- uh, getting into like this uh, dj uh, stuff and electronic sound um because it's it's just typically how 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 you end up when you're working with uh, producing your own music because when you're working with a the digital um audio workstation like mixing the stuff uh you end up using a lot of electronic plugins mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's why they ended up with a lot more electronic sound and uh i mean for me i wasn't particularly into the the electronic sound and then but actually, it was quite well received that album, so I wouldn't say it was a failure. But from that point on, they kind of went too far, so they went kind of like popish, and they didn't know where to, yeah, uh, yeah, how to balance it. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. But we we talked a lot now about specifically the rock metal kind of portion of it, but. Our 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 visual K fan here, Nexus. What's your opinion on it? How does a how does a Kamijo type band reach uh, maturity? Oh Lord, that's a very 
loaded question because it's so different for every one that I can think of. And I, I don't think it's it's really any different from what we already said, but it's like not just the music, but also extended to the looks. Like you can, with Kamijo specifically, you can see like literally all of his stuff becoming way more polished and like finished. Or, like, not, not French? That, not not finish the country. Polish oh, and Finnish. Oh, I was thinking Polish. But you also said Finnish and he said French. Oh. Uh, I just want to throw a curveball there. Show it to it. Like, I don't know, I guess, I guess he, once he got the money to hire people to do his looks for him and he didn't have to do his, uh, his makeup in the dressing room himself, the kind of polish is your look not not polish the country we know probably <laughs> so also so... also 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 another thing sometimes uh the 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 singer will eventually realize that the singing lessons aren't the devil and then they suddenly sing better Yes, yes, absolutely. Is this is this a thing? I've I've never It is it is a thing. It is a thing. They just the the, the sound of the singer sometimes changes a little, sometimes a lot. Like well old Laren Kamijo and new Kamijo sings like a different fucking person. I did not same, know same, this. It's it's a little bit similar with uh and is gonna kill me but with eruki from the cassette i i feel like he sounded totally different on the early albums than he does now it i did. guess it's also related to aging because yeah i think that one aging. maybe is more an age thing but i don't know like but no, kamijo, it's true. kamijo sang so different in his early days like it was all head voice it sounds it sounds a bit like a smurf and then i guess he took singing lessons and now he sings different you're gonna have to no, pull up some examples for me later because I'm really yeah, interested in this Smurf voice. Because I, I couldn't listen to Kamijo at first, like when I started getting into like Versailles. Um, uh, but like with the later releases, it, it's like it's easier. But it also could have been because I was getting used to his voice, but I don't think that was the case. Oh, I gotta correct you really quick. I think it's Versailles. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Versailles? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I didn't uh, know I think, that the vo- vocal lessons was a, was a thing, and I don't think it's necessarily that they see it as the devil. I think it's more it just ruins your fucking street cred, dude. Yeah, singing oh, lessons. So. <laughs> so, what are you gonna say? So it's 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 not it's not a row anymore. So of course it, it ruins your street cred. You're like all fake and pretentious now. Yeah, son of a bitch. Like, yeah, I think uh, I think even I think even Miyavi uh, admitted to taking singing lessons, didn't he? I think I think everyone takes singing lessons when they reach a point. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense not to. Yeah. I don't know. Take singing like, lessons, people. I I mean, when you reach a certain point, is a good point because I was gonna say like, there's there's some singers out there who come around and like just some of the things they're able to do. Some of the ways they're able to sound, specifically if they're not a band that does a lot of clean vocals, I I I don't imagine them needing or feeling the need to take vocal I, lessons. I but then, don't know. Like wouldn't you, said, wouldn't you? 
Wouldn't you want those to learn the correct screaming technique yeah. so you don't yeah. fucking shred your throat like everybody does and then e- have to exactly. go to on a hiatus for two years? Yeah, like Whitechapel or something like that is a famous example. Or I think Avenged Sevenfold had something happen to their singer. But yeah, that's that's a really good point. But I think there's some vocalists who out there who are just naturally that great, right? And I think they can tell whether or not they need help. I think it's a misconception that screen vocalists don't have to take uh, vocal lessons because... Uh, oh, I'm not the saying they is... don't have to. I'm just saying some of them just don't feel the need to. I mean, there's probably some... some vocal. Uh, uh, there has to be some vocalists that kind of like uh, teach themselves like uh, ways of doing it correctly uh, with experience. But I think for most, uh, it's... Uh, you can't it's difficult to judge yourself objectively, objectively, uh, and that's where the vocal coaches comes in because they make sure that you don't, as Nexus said, like mess up your voice. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of skills that re- is required to 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 like properly scream, and it's the same thing with singing clean vocals as well. So, in my opinion, there's like no real difference between them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, it's, it's just like particularly for me, I'm thinking of somebody like Keisuke from Devilloof, and I'm trying to think like some of the stuff he's able to do. Especially, I, I mean, now anybody can hear it since uh, it recently got put out on Spotify. But if you listen to uh, Mob Rule and Newspeak, I think it's per- in particular Newspeak, which there was a PV for it already. Anyway, oh, wait, so they're, they're on to Spotify it. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like yeah, two days ago they announced that they're back on Spotify. Oh, nice. But um, but there's some things he does in Newspeak that are just outrageous. Like he, the way he's able to manipulate his vocals in that one are just absurd, and it's just interesting to think of him taking lessons. But then, at the same time, I have to say. I don't really know what happens in a vocal lesson class. I mean, who's to say there's not, you know, some awesome scream instructor out there. Like my, when I think of vocal lessons, I think of like somebody sitting there, you know, trying to get you to sound like opera, but that's just, that's there's just different... stupid. That's not what everything is. <laughs> yeah. There's different type of lessons. There are people who will specifically teach screaming and such techniques and yeah. everyone is like, classically training people yeah exactly Um, and i'm just sitting here like oh all they do is classically train why why would why would a death metal vocalist need to get classically trained in in i i I don't know singing falsetto or singing uh but i know that there are um like screen vocalists who go even to regular um like vocal coaches because they're still able to provide feedback for them and help them kind of um control their voice yeah uh so that's also like an aspect but with keisuke uh how he got this good it's because i taught him everything i knew shut you the fuck personally. up <laughs> <laughs> i was i was like really expecting you to give us a super interesting insight because i know you've spent more time talking with them and I thought you were going to be saying something like, like dropping knowledge bombs right now. And you're like, I did it, fucking asshole. 
<laughs> Everything you love so well, about Devaloof is actually me. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I, I should have known that Devaloof are good now because it's MBT's doing personally. He taught them all they knew, like all of the instruments. You know, yeah. that, that guy is a, is a genius, man. Like, I mean, actu- actually, actually, he doesn't even sing. It's all playback, and it's NBT's voice dubbed in. I mean, me. I heard that NBT taught Chuck Norris how to fight. So <laughs> true story, <laughs> and I also taught Bruce Lee. <laughs> okay, so back back to N- Nexus because we are like running super long now. Oh, sorry, Nexus. Listen, I think I think I've sprinkled my opinion on everything like into what all, all that we already said. And other than uh extending the the maturity of looks into the whole thing, I don't think it's all the different with specifically visual K bands. I low-key feel like a rite of passage for them is just dropping the VK because so many of them do that. But then there's those who do not, like Kamijo, who just realized that they can hire people to make them look better, and it... See, that's... More, more BK. So, like, uh, the thing we were talking about, with, like, rawness of the sound and the vocals, there's, like, in Visual case specifically, there's the rawness of looks. Like, you can see it in the 90s, when everyone looked kind of like they had raided their grandma's closet and their mother's makeup and put it on themselves, and it looked kind of like shit <laughs> and they, then they get big and suddenly they can pay people to put the makeup on them and they have uh, like costumes and shit and it looks different if you know what I'm getting at yeah yeah in a way it looks better but it also loses a little bit of that street, street cred like that 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 hobo rawness that it had before Wait, but imagine if they still continue doing the hobo stuff when they're like signed and shit, or like, well, not signed, but like uh, when they get major or something like that. You know, some some people prefer it, like with the punk sound. It just there's realness to it, you know. Yeah, but uh, my question for you is though, like, you know, obviously some of these bands they you know start hiring people, but couldn't there be a band out there that has been doing it? you know, the raw way for so long that they're just as good as the makeup artists? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Mana does his makeup still, like, himself. So that explains a lot. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Come on! Don't hit me. <laughs> well, uh, I was expecting me to, like, reach over the mic and, like, ch- ch- force choke you in, in California or... <laughs> Well, well, don't do that. me, Nexus. Master insulted the, the Lord and Savior, and uh, he's getting talks for it. Okay. Oh, have you guys seen like uh, Gurden Bombas like props on stage no. when they do like crazy no. shit? Okay, so sometimes they do like maybe like they they build like a a bicycle with cardboards or something like that. Uh, like just some crazy stuff uh, or like a dinosaur and shit <laughs> but their props uh, from when they started out like uh, from the very beginning when they had like no money to the recent days they still make them themselves which is pretty cool See, I actually just realized that uh, Deer and Grey or at least most of them do their own makeup Kyo does his own makeup and it looks pretty professional like even with all the face paint shit he just puts that on himself what about the latest look 
Uh, uh, the one where he's like a baby. Not, not quite sure about the like the photo shoots. Well, but when it comes to, I think, to stage I think, he, makeup, I think he did that one on his own. Like he mixed a uh, green food coloring and flour <laughs> and stuff with with water and just, for just the just rolled around with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, sorry if this does end up showing up in post. My air conditioner finally kicked on because it's like a billion degrees in this room. But I'll do my best to get that Jesus. sound out of there. Imagine I, I having hear air conditioning. You you may not be able to hear it, but I can. I, I don't hear it. I can see it in the recording. So. Oh no. Oh yeah. I had. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Also, fuck you retina. for having air conditioning because I'm way too fucking warm in here. Uh, I don't yeah, even have a fucking fan. Like, you, I mean, you already doxed me for living in Southern California, but, you know, I guess that's one of the perks. You get to pay too much money to keep things cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, you were saying something in particular, and it really reminded me of something, and I can't remember now, and it's, it's lost. It's just gone. Sorry. So I was talking about <clears throat> the props. And before, yes, yes. Uh, oh, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, kind of off topic, but um, Afenia, if you've ever talked to her about some of the bands she used to see out in like Shikoku, like way out in the middle of nowhere, there's one mm-hmm. band in protect- particular and the singer, she has a picture of him on stage singing and he's wearing these gloves, but the gloves are T-Rex heads. Like they're like puppets. And, okay. And he's holding remember, the mic. Okay, and he's I remember that. And then there I was the other picture. one where he crowd surfed, but he was riding a bicycle and the crowd was carrying him. <laughs> okay. So yeah, props. We have him. I mean, that guy living his best life, honestly. No shit. Like the, from everything I've heard, I, like that's that's really what's going on there. But anyway. We've we've kind of got a bit of NBT's opinion, which it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of reaching a point where you're just developing and continuing to develop your personal sound as a band. Yeah, like first you start off rough, but then you're like super smooth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then m- my opinion on maturity, which for any of us, we're not saying that this is our only opinion. This is the way. Like the this is the way we're, we're saying that it's kind of something that we've kind of noticed for so for my personal opinion it's that it's less of finding your sound and, and honing it and honing it and really cleaning it up and more of finding your sound and seeing what else you can do with it which i i looked at dear on gray and look at how everything since forever has been super experimental and no two things sound the same but nexus with the uh, visual k is it's 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 being able to admit that we're good but we can be better and let's get professional help no i guess <laughs> that's sorely that's... Oversim- that's oversimplifying it <laughs> I mean, That's to be fair, you had the least amount of speaking time, so... No, uh, I don't think I have a Polish opinion on this. A Polish? No, stop with the countries! <laughs> is, is, so it no, a, is it a British opinion? Uh, Jesus Christ, no. Maso, okay. are you Finnish? <laughs> do, not, do not insult me like this by insinuating anything British about me. Oh, man. Oh fuck! Uh, Nexus here Listen, with that sis, Chad sis, energy. 
sis isn't here, we can shit talk. Which I need to stop doxing people. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But, but you guys know Chad is a country in Africa, right? Yes, I know. Okay, Chad that's why is I said Chad energy. I'm so smart. Lord, how, how do you do this? Your brain is so big. I don't know, man. Like, sometimes when I wake up, my neck hurts because my fucking brain is so heavy. <laughs> all right, all right, smooth brain. So, you were saying I was oversimplifying it? Yeah, but I do not want to specify because I don't know where I am at with this opinion. Okay. But, but okay. one of the things you mentioned also was that uh, I I believe you mentioned that some bands dropped the VK, or did we mention yeah, it? Yeah, that's another thing. I just feel like it's not that different with VK and with not non-VK. In some you start, ways, yeah. You start dressing more normal, because you get tired of dressing up in uncomfortable shit, because that's very relatable, actually. It happens to a lot of older girls people as well. You just stop <laughs> with the corsets, because you don't want to be dying, because they're uncomfortable as fuck. It's, it, that's, that's a really interesting point. I mean only from like having seen them and talked to them and stuff but like for example Devaloof if you see them in a PV or something they're all dressed up all makeup up live they are too but here in the last uh year or two i feel like Keisuke has kind of toned it down a little bit like he cut his hair pretty short and it's yeah. like you could see him on the street and you wouldn't think oh like that guy sings like he just he'll look like any other person <laughs> Isaku still, <laughs> still got that shit turned up to 11. Daiki's got the crazy hair. But the thing about Daiki is as as soon as the show is over, or even sometimes if it's a smaller venue, he's running around in like sweatpants and sandals. Oh, and once, um, once you realize yeah. that you don't have to be uncomfortable, you don't want to get all up into that shit because fuck that. Yeah. So well, uh, if you, if you can wear sweatpants and sandals and the fangers are still all over you, fucking thirsty. you got away with it. Yeah. I mean, bef- before Isaac joined uh, Devolve, uh, I actually met him, and uh, even then he there had was MBT bragging about meeting Devolve again. Yeah, but 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 he already had like makeup on, uh, like a little bit makeup on, like even before he joined. Uh, okay, little... did he did he put it on himself or did he have professional help? No, 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 no. He was just a guy. He wasn't a musician. Well, he no, wasn't he, a in was... devil back then. So Wait, he was I just a guy and he was, was wearing makeup. Band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't in a band back then. Like I mean, it was a period when he wasn't in a band, so he joined Devil Loof. Uh, how did you fucking meet him? Who did an NBT meet? I know. Seriously. Guy's got fucking Karu's phone number. I met your mom. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we've we've kind of capped off our own opinions, but before we leave, just uh, to look at some comments because we did put out a question, little little open ended, so we didn't get a whole lot of uh, interaction. If 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 you if you <laughs> that was the say. plan. <laughs> But uh, all according to plan. All according to Keikaku. We do have from Twitter, Terry at BlackTerry22 says, I don't know if it's considered maturity, but in a band, I look at the bond with the members. If it is strong, then it's a success already, which is really interesting because none of us talked about the bond between members because, I mean, 
I think I think in a way that's kind of like a thing that you don't really get to see that often. But like if you watch like a lot of tour videos and stuff, you do see the band bonding or like everybody messing with Shinya or something you know, like that. You know what? I low-key almost feel like it's the opposite. <laughs> like when <laughs> when a band when a, uh, when a band is a thing you know, for like for like a very long time, they eventually go to like this stage where they just seem kind of like co-workers and they all have their own shit on the side. I, I so Maybe I that's just that an impression. Like, I'm not saying that they all fucking hate each other, but it, feel, it feels like uh, the longer a band is together, the more you can see the individuality of the individual members. More of repeating the word individual next, please. Uh, would you say they are less of a family then? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know I would, where I'm going. I, I would say maybe they're just working on polishing their relationship. Mm. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, but when when I when I heard you read out uh, the comment, the first band that came to mind um, was uh, the band Nightmare. Uh huh. <laughs> and go why? On. Go, go on. on. Okay, so. <laughs> So for me, I mean, they they've been doing their uh, music uh, a long time together, and they also have like this, uh, uh, like Parody the alt- or whatever. Yeah, the alternate persona kind of band. Didn't they, they stop doing that alternate one? I think they're no, they, they, no, they just released so, something for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they 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 did go bankruptcy though. Like, uh, I don't know if it was a concept thing when they called it bankruptcy or not, but probably. Uh, they're they're at least back and uh, Sendai Kamatsu, I think That's it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, if, if you if you can do something that crazy uh, together, like as a band, and, and like still do it to this day for, for like I don't know how long they've been active, like so long at least. Yeah, uh, Nightmare so, is super old. So for <laughs> it sounds so bad when you say it like that. It's super old. <laughs> No, um, like oh, they, I, yeah, I, yeah, always, yeah. I always have to file this like a visual K band, so recent. But then I forget that it isn't two thousand and seven anymore. <laughs> like if the band yeah. was an animal, it would be a fucking dinosaur. No, that's 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 <laughs> buck take you're thinking. Of. You're either a dinosaur or you're not. Uh, like he's, he's not either like a, a dinosaur, a kitten, or a cat. Uh, but yeah, that was the first band that came to my mind, at least. I don't know about you guys. Do you have any, like, did you feel like a band that clicked when you guys read the comment? Mm, Not really. I I think a band that's been around for a while that, like, they seem like a big happy family. It seems like, like you said, like it's co-working at Nexus. It's Japan. Every every time I look at bands, like, I don't know, like, Luna C or even Gazette or Dear and Grey, I just... Not that I think they hate each other, but I don't get a, like a big happy family vibe at all. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're um, yeah. As you mentioned, they're co-workers. You feel like that's the relationship. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, at one point, um, it's it's. I guess it's just a job. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, when you get to the point where it's you know how you make your living, it literally is. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here we have another comment from Ali Lee. Uh, this one says, a little bit of everything. Deer on Grey is a good example. I agree. 
They experimented with their sound slash look over the years, and you can definitely hear the difference if you listen to Old Zon and New Zon, which that's a really good point, especially because Deron Gray tends to do that thing where they're re-recording slash re-releasing old things today. And and it, like the the contrast is just insane. Like it's really nice. Like uh, domestic fucker family, who I think was the most recent one, and that one was oh my god. Like I really liked how they changed it. it I, I never like loved the original version, but this new version is like whoa, you know. Uh, I haven't listened to that one, but that was for me exactly the same thing with Sun. Actually, so I agree. Here's a take. <laughs> Here's a take. New obscure. It's worse. It's, I, it's I don't not care as good about as old obscure. obscure. That's true. It's not a bad song though. It's not bad, but it's worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you can't remake what is essentially a classic and expect yeah, it to be better. I guess that's right. Like obscure. Is this song is... supposed to be a classic too? But in a in a pro okay, so probably to a different group. Maybe to more Japanese fans, they like Zan more. But I think amongst Westerners, Obscure it was very much a drop, jumping off point. It it was yeah. it, it holds a, a special place in our foreign the little hearts. Yeah, exactly. So I I think for other people, other songs of theirs, if they were to remake them, they'd be like, "This is nowhere near as good as the original." I don't know. Yeah, so. I'm thinking back to like um, Gazidis or Gazette. I think it's Gazidi. Uh, I think it's Gazzetti. okay. Sorry, so Gazidi's song uh, uh, Cassis. Cassis. Oh, Jesus, Cassis, the the old one with the horrible English. Yes, I love the horrible English because it sounded a lot better. So the Did new it? version, like for me, it doesn't. There's a like... new Cassis. Yes, yeah, with yes, better uh, when did they make a new one? <laughs> It's, um, it's in ago. their um, compilation album uh, of their old songs, which is a re, uh, what a, a, re, a remix. <laughs> Traces is the album. Traces. Oh, I thought you said racist. I was like, yeah, I you said racist. <laughs> I, uh, I think I it's uh, Traces Volume Two. Uh, yes. So I think it's the second one. I don't know which yes. one I've heard, honestly, at this point. Cause no, you probably old. heard the first one. You heard, heard the first one. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you for telling me. <laughs> so so that's the, the one. We, uh, but, I mean, they have a guy now that helps them with their English, so I guess that's why. Uh, oh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> like, it's... it's it? I, I don't know. It's nice if they Did help you with like? the grammar, I guess, but the pronunciation, like, it's better if they keep it that way, you know? Uh, I don't. I don't agree. Yeah, that's because you're racist. No. Wait, you can say it and I can't. I didn't say it. Oh. Yeah, but let me let me just let me let me finish, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna let you finish, uh, but Taylor Swift, but... Beyonce is better. Her, her music video is better. Uh, it's, a, no, it's, but, a, okay. it's a callback to the Grammys like five years ago or whatever. Anyway, oh, MBT. Okay. Uh, okay, so with Cassis, like, um, the whole, like, vibe was completely different from the first, like, original version. I, 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 I couldn't, like, get into it, like, uh, emotionally the same way I did with the old version. Uh, so... 
like it, it's it's coming from like a song that I really really love to the new version, which is like, okay, it's just a new song. That's how I felt when I listened to the remake. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can feel kind of the same way about Obscure. It was it felt more like a new song and less like oh it's Obscure again. Mm. I like it, but not nearly as much as the original. Okay. So, we also have Tara Lay, and they say music, sound, and lyrics, I think. A lot of music I grew up to sometimes sounded the same, and many had the same meanings as trying to be players or partying and having fun and sounding... They wrote boogie, but I wonder if they meant bougie, or maybe I don't know how to read the word bougie. Music that actually has a purpose, like talking about actual life experiences and becoming a better person and version of yourself, does come out in good songs. Growth from using different types of instruments and new techniques to music. The appearances of the musicians, their personality has a lot to do with their music too. So kind of a lot there. I I feel like a lot of it is, from, from their perspective, is the the band members actually maturing as people as well as their music along with them. So again, maturity of a band is a very broad idea. So they looked at it a very different way from how I feel I looked at it. I think one thing that we didn't like specifically point out was that they might use uh different types of instrument mm-hmm. uh, and new techniques and well, i mean I we did talk with... about all the drum stuff yeah but i'm thinking like let's say devil Oof, like they they added some crazy electronic shit and also uh, traditional japanese music in the same song combined mm-hmm. with like heavy metal wow so yeah, and it's... daiki adds a new string to his bass every year <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that that shit is like irrelevant. <laughs> but I mean, you wouldn't see this typically with a a, a new band, kind of like it's kind of like a thing that you end up doing or experimenting with when you're a bit more uh, established, mm-hmm. uh, if I can say that. So maybe maybe that's part of it. Yeah, that that's an interesting thing because yeah, it does play more into the whole idea of establishing and experimenting from that point forward i don't know is this does a uh, does kami joe experiment i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> not not to shade him but his 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 sound do be a little samey but <laughs> i mean it's, it's, like... what I, it's what i like so i i don't mind more of what i like but i don't, I don't think there's too much experimentation in my opinion but um, you can't add French elements with adding like dubstep to it, right? Uh, I, I guess well, you I, can. I mean, has it been done yet? Who said you can't? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there was a point in time where somebody was like, "You can't scream into the microphone." Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, Maso, please prove me wrong that you can't put dubstep in like aristocratic French Japanese. I don't have the skill music. set for that. Listen, I, I'm pretty sure somebody could make it work. Uh, a lot of modern French music is very electronic, so just move on from the Louis XVI shit and to do some modern French shit. And I guess you made it Frencher. Who knows? I think I think it can be done. And like it doesn't just do like do like 
metal stuff or something. Sometimes he mixes in some more other French shit. I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> What's other French shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. So I, I like to not ami. say it. The mon cherry. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, man. Like, what elements can you put there? Like. Arts? Listen, if I, don't know. I, I I trust I trust that if somebody can figure out how to make electronic music sound French, it would probably be Camille because he can Frenchify anything. Well, I was I was gonna say that's that's a really interesting thing that you said, uh, MBT, with the adding of the harps and then at Nexus with the with the French stuff. Uh, if it I again going back to saying like you can't put it with dubstep. Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun of you by doing it in that voice, but. I'm sure somewhere along the line, somebody's like harpsichord, clavichord, and electric guitar. Get the hell out of here, man! But that's kind of an iconic sound of like old Visual K. Yeah, like you can. Somebody would say that you can't fucking put a a non choir in in metal music and look at all the Visual K. Yeah, putting that, yeah. Putting the shit Aaron Gray had an orchestra uh, for the concert. Yeah, or or yeah, but not like uh, even um, what is it? Glass skin unplugged? No, mm-hmm. not glass skin. Uh, agitated screams of maggots unplugged. It's a piano uh-huh. and Kyo screaming. Like those two things shouldn't go together, yeah. but it's perfect. Yeah, you can you can scream over a piano. Watch me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't particularly feel soccer. like that one was uh, resonating well with me. Um, I'm not saying it sounded re- bad, but like I actually really like that. It's very unique, so I agree with Maz on this. When when they do it live, it is It's so good live. It's, it's something else, man. Like the whole place goes dark, everyone leaves the stage. It's amazing. Well, if you do it live, it's gonna tickle your balls, but if you listen what? to it like uh, from home. What is this saying? Have you been waiting an hour and a half just to say tickle your balls? It's it's kind of like, you know, when, when the speaker like uh, is so bassy that it kind of like, uh, you can feel it uh, <laughs> in your whole body. It's kind of like the same thing. screaming tickle your balls? Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's difficult for you to feel that, but uh... I, I mean, I guess. I guess. I think you need to get some meaty clackers like NBT over here. <laughs> I, I think I watch too much like uh, South Park or something. <laughs> Probably. Probably, man. <laughs> You're breaking my balls. That's Cal, that's not tickling. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same, same kind of like. It's just, it's just ball talk. If, listen, if if you look, if you listen to too much Kia screaming, then your dick will fly out. <laughs> now you're okay. just saying shit. <laughs> no, that was an explicit South Park reference. Okay, okay. It's when they eat gluten, your dick will either fly over or explode, something like that. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I mean, I think I think we're at a closing point here. We don't have a concrete answer. We all see it differently. Obviously, the readers and listeners see it differently, too. So, if anybody wants to continue the discussion, I'll debate you in the comments. <laughs> you'll, you'll fight them, right? Yeah, always. Let's destroy always. them with facts and logic. And, and if, if you think it was crazy that Nexus doxed me, wait until I fucking commission Nexus to dox you. So, oh, Lord. with that... I've been your host, 
what's my name again? Mazo. <laughs> <laughs> With co-host Nexus. Hey, well. And co-host Sis is not here. He's not here. Don't expect anything. And special guest, MBT. Quack, quack. All right. We will see everyone next time. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>